Hello, everyone. I'm Jim Santos, and this is Bigger, Better World from International Living. In this podcast series, we introduce you to a bigger world full of communities that are safe, welcoming, beautiful, and largely undiscovered. A better world, a friendly, warm, great value world where you can live richer, travel more, invest for profit, and enjoy a better life. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome once again to Bigger, Better World. In last week's podcast, we met Todd Hilton and Damon Morris and spoke with them about their roving retirement experiences. We've invited them back on today's show to talk about two other important subjects that come up in international living conferences from time to time. How safe is it to travel and live in other countries for the LGBT community? What about a black man or woman? Do they face prejudice and discrimination above and beyond other foreigners? Well, since our guests last week are a happy same-sex marriage couple, an interracial couple, and have visited almost 30 countries around the world, they are the perfect people to give us some insight into these issues. Todd, Damon, welcome back to Bigger, Better World. Hey, Jim. Hey, it's good to talk to you, Jim. In our last episode, we talked about all these different countries that you have been in, and something I really wanted to touch on uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, we, we do get a lot of questions at International Living about how safe is it for the LGBT community to travel mm-hmm. abroad? Uh, how safe is it for a black American to be traveling abroad? Because, you know, frankly, these days there are places in the United States where you may not feel entirely comfortable. Amen. Yeah, you're correct. So uh, I did want to take some time now to talk to you about these topics because it really doesn't get uh, aired very much. Now, both of you have written for International Living before. Uh, articles here and there. And um, Damon, you wrote an article back uh, that's on their website. Five black American expats share their experience living overseas. And you contributed to that. That's correct. Uh, You mentioned in there that that one of the things you noticed was that in South America, Central America, the importance of family seemed to be more important than whether you were gay, whether you were black or anything of that nature. Correct. You also uh, brought up something that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, that in some countries, as a black man, you'd be pointed at or stared at. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that, that's definitely true, Jim. It was um, more so, uh, it, and it's, how do I say it? Um, I, we definitely experienced that in Southeast Asia. In Asia, yeah. Um, but it was, it was on a different scale of when they're pointing and doing that. It wasn't out of like... Um, you know, rudeness. I rudeness or like I didn't belong there. It was more like really fascinated and fascinated that I was there mm-hmm. and that they really wanted to engage with you. And even I mean, to the point where they actually sometimes wanted to even just touch my skin. Yeah, they touch the skin. <laughs> they'd want to rub his head or my head. I don't know. I guess two bald men probably was <laughs> right uh, we'd have people just walk up and say can i take a picture with you i mean right we became, just, we became total celebrities with taking pictures with um uh with families and with kids and and once you start taking the picture with a certain family then you have like other six families or seven other yeah, people see, over one they see you pictures. taking pictures and like oh i want to get a picture <laughs> Yeah, I found that interesting because I ran into something similar when our some of our grandchildren came to visit us in Ecuador, and uh, we have a lot of redheads in the family. Ah, yeah. And a redheaded child in Ecuador was just irresistible to right. people. I and, bet. 
uh, other kids would want to come up and hug them. And, you know, like say parents would want to take pictures of you with their kids, but uh, it was interesting. Yeah. It was, it was more of a celebration than, you know, there's something you need to be careful of or anything like that. Right. There was right. never anything bad. So I, I did, I remember writing that too, because I was making, I did, I just wanted to make that, uh, have that awareness to people of color, uh, black, uh, black, uh, Americans that would go travel somewhere like that. Because just to let them know, sometimes you it, it can be a little intrusive. So you have to allow yourself to be like, okay, so they're not doing this because they're making fun of me or anything like that. It was just more of a like, oh, wow, you're here. I, I just, the way I took it was, welcome to our country, but we, you, we're excited you're here. But we also want to get to know you a little bit better. And so they were, it's, it's not all the time you see a, uh, someone of color. Uh, in Asia. I mean, very rare, actually. <laughs> however, you know, um, that was earlier in the travels, Jim. That was like probably we noticed that in like 2006, 17, 18. But when we went, went back to Thailand, there's definitely a lot more people of color yeah. that are now traveling, which is actually quite awesome. Was that a concern for you when you first set out traveling? You know, it totally was a concern. It was a concern for my family. My family was really concerned and even uh, my my parents were really concerned because they just didn't know any better. My, I have a, my mom is 90 this year. My dad is 89. So they were really concerned for us going to different countries and how the, how we would be received as an interracial uh, couple. Um, and for the first, I would say by the first two or three months, I was very nervous because I was operating off of the mentality of, of, uh, the, US. of the U.S. Mm-hmm. So when it came down to um, going on Airbnb to book to book things or travel, I didn't do it. I told Todd, we should use your face <laughs> and we mm-hmm. should use you to actually book the trips because I was still in that phase of like, oh, I might get we will get. I might get a judge by the color of my or, skin or, or, or something. Or we'll get terrible service or something like that yeah. because of the fact that he felt like because he's not white. So he did have me do it. In the uh, yeah, I did have him do it in the beginning. And then it was a matter of after like about four or five months, I was like, you know what? Let me experience this, this. And since then, I, you know, I just we have not had any any issues, thank goodness, or no problems whatsoever. But I was operating off of my experience sometimes uh, coming from the United States. So you actually did some experiments with Airbnb, didn't you? Yeah. Well, what do you mean experiments? Well, like tried uh, booking reservations, demand booking the reservations rather than. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, didn't, didn't really see any difference in that. Not didn't at really all. see any difference at all. And so, but it, but like I said, in the very beginning, that was in the back of my head because, you know, I have been exposed to uh, some issues in the States and I just thought, well, let's just try to eliminate some of that and let Todd actually book it. Well, and- perfect example. I mean, when Damone's sister was selling her house, they had me come when the appraisal person came. And so I was <laughs> the face of the house when they came. Because yeah. that way they got a full appraisal as opposed to something less. We don't worry about that outside of the U.S. Yeah. Well, you know, that's not exclusively a, a white-black thing. I know there was a property in Kotakachi that we were interested in purchasing. Uh-huh. And we talked to a – we had a Ecuadorian couple that we knew in Kotakachi uh, contact the seller for us for the opposite reason. We didn't want them to say, oh, here's a gringo. They've got plenty of money. Yeah, got, you know. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
we're going to raise the price. So yeah, right. so I can I can understand uh, your concern for that. Yeah, that does happen, unfortunately. Uh, how about your acceptance as a gay couple abroad? Okay, so you know that that has just been um, amazing, Jim. I mean, we it, it has surprised us uh, how welcoming that we have felt in several different countries. I first experienced before we even started traveling full time. We were in uh, Bali on Todd's 50th birthday and we had a tour guide. Mm-hmm. And we just assumed that people would just pick up on the fact that we were a couple. Well, he wasn't picking that up. He <laughs> and instead, he was like, hey, you know, I know where the ladies are. Right. And it was a lot of that. And so um, after about, about two days of that, we made a decision. We we're like, I guess we should probably I tell can, them that we're a couple. Yeah, I guess we're going to have to come out. Yeah. yeah. And so um, we were like, hey, Wendy, his name was Wendy. And we're like, hey, Wendy, you know, you do know that we're a couple, right? And I just says, is that going to be a problem with the rest of our tour? And his response to us was just very simple. He looked at us and says, not at all. He goes, love is love. He goes, and that's what I teach my family, and that's what I teach my I kids. I teach my children that love and is love. And it was just one of those moments where we were like, here we are on the on other, the side, other of the side of the world. And here's, and here's a driver. Total acceptance. And it was totally just, accepting. It just totally floored us. And we were just like, and that's wow. And I have to say, that's been the the tenor, basically, of our travels, yeah. is we get that. Now, whether they have a problem or not, there might be people who aren't down with it, but I'll tell you this, they smile to your face and treat you with kindness. And then probably when you're not there, then they're like, well, you know, I don't care who they, for who right. they are, but they don't treat you badly. I was, we were and really, that means everything. Yeah. We were surprised, especially in a lot of the uh, Catholic countries, how accepting we were. It's, even when we got our residency in Mexico, right. the lady that was helping us with our residency she was saying, we are proud to have you uh, be here in as, Mexico, a married as a married couple. And that was also something that was like, wow, we were just as shocked to hear that. And we were it was very pleasing to the ear to hear that. Right. So we were happy that that was the response that we got. Do you feel you have to watch your behavior, watch your public behavior when you're traveling? The, the only time that we actually had the feel that right. we felt something like that, Jim, is that um, we actually, it w- we went to two countries that weren't really our choice of countries. We were on a 30-day cruise. Right. And mm-hmm. stopped in two places. We stopped in uh, Muscat, Oman, and we stopped in Dubai. And however, we ended up spending like four days extra in Dubai. Those were the only two countries that Todd and I became just buddies. Aware. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was, we got a hotel in Dubai, and I said to Demona, I said, we need to get separate beds in, in this hotel because, you know. You can get you can get killed for right. being uh, gay there. So we just didn't and want I was like, to. We don't, well, I don't want anyone rushing into the room in the middle of the night with <laughs> some crazy intention. <laughs> so we that was the only time that we kind of felt aware of our surroundings, per se. But I will say this. We were not mistreated. No. Not that, at all. Oh, that, that awareness was brought by us mm-hmm. only by things that we heard. We made the initiative to get separate beds. We made the initiative to be the buddies, but nobody treated us differently. Differently, And we acted our normal selves. Right. So. And that would be the case in all the other countries we've gone to. Um, 
it's it's been really it's been an awesome experience to be able to go and be ourselves and not have any derogatory or anything being said or feeling unsafe. Mm -hmm. And so if anybody is listening to that, that's the message we definitely want to give the people is that you don't, you don't need to feel uh, worried, worried, scared, aware, possibly in certain places, but not to the point where you have to go, Oh my goodness, I can't go. But that awareness is what the same awareness you would have in the States. I mean, it's, there's always going to be a level of knowing your surroundings, you know, no matter what you're doing. Right. But it's not in a way that it overtakes what's going on. It's not your number one fear. You're living in Mexico now. Is that a country that recognizes gay marriage? It It is is a country that recognizes our, um, our marriage. They took our uh, our, certificate, uh, our marriage certificate. And we are registered as a married couple here in the, in the state of Mexico, or in that country of Mexico. Yeah, I think that's something a lot of people take for granted. It's like, well, why do gays even have to get married after all? But but it's things like hospital visitation and, you know, being able to make medical decisions and being on insurance plans. and Exactly. That was the number one. But there's also other benefits, tax breaks. Right. You know, as a married couple, you know, we get to get tax breaks right. that we didn't get before. Because when they didn't have the rights in the United States, Todd and I had to file... Uh, we were domestic partners at the time. And unfortunately, we had to file uh, as that. But then I had to claim half of his taxes and he had to claim half of our taxes. And I remember our tax guy was telling us it might be beneficial for you guys financially to, uh, to separate. To separate. <laughs> because we had, to, we had to do that's the way we had to file the taxes. Yeah. So kind of like what he's saying, I would I would file my taxes. And because you weren't allowed to file jointly because we weren't officially married. Um, so we had to file separately. But all of our finances and everything were tied together. For us, we were a married couple. I mean, this is our 21st year together. Right. So we were, you know, we were living that way, way before the legalization of marriage happened. It almost felt like they were penalizing us, you know, for being a domestic partnership. So when they did pass the law to have, gay marriage become legal, all of a sudden we jumped on it. Yeah, we jumped on it and our, you know, the tax breaks alone. Now we can file as a as a married couple. And it's it just it's the headache went away, right. you know, the crazy hoops we had to jump through. And we can we can re we can be reassured now if one of us happened to end up in the hospital that we we would we would be able to be next to each other's side as opposed to not. Mm-hmm. Because that was only given privilege to people who were married at the time. Right. So now I imagine that hasn't been true in all of the countries that you visited. Yeah, I mean Thailand for sure. Well, because in Thailand for what was happening was is that we would have to, if we were to get our residency in Thailand, Jim, what would have to happen is we would have to come in as two separate entities. Mm-hmm. I would have to qualify for the residency. I would have to qualify and we would have to have everything separate. We would have to have separate banking accounts. We would have to have separate everything. And financially, it just didn't make any sense to be able to do that because Thailand has a very unique way of of, of financially how you have to qualify. And so it would be a very inconvenience for us to do that. And so we didn't want to participate in that unless we were able to come in as a married couple. Mm-hmm. And, you know, advances are happening as we speak. I mean, like I said, we were just in Thailand over the holidays and there was a very strong contingency of gay people there. 
so I think the advancement is happening. And I, I think as, as people are bringing in protections for the LGBTQ community, people are starting to accept it more. Right. Uh, we said, when we were in Costa Rica, our first trip, we said, oh, God, it'd be nice if we could live here, but they don't have, they don't accept gay marriage. Well, that was six, year years, yeah, yeah. six years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the case. Well, now they accept gay marriage and now there's, you know, gay prize. So things are advancing. Right. So I have hopes that Thailand and Southeast Asia and as the, a whole is going to follow that suit. There is one country that does accept gay marriage in uh, Southeast Asia, and that's Taiwan. Taiwan. Taiwan right now is the one. And so I believe that it, it, it is going to come. Uh, I know Singapore is in the mix of actually trying to pass bills. I think Thailand is in the mix as well. So it's just going to take some time, but I think it would it would bring great opportunities for other couples when other countries in Southeast Asia will start accepting that. Yeah, I know in uh, Ecuador, when we first moved there, they did not recognize same-sex couples. But Correct. then after a few years, they did recognize same-sex couples, and now they also recognize same-sex marriage. Right. That yeah, correct. that's why we were looking at maybe getting a residency there as well, because they do accept it now. Right. It's yeah. just interesting to me that, you know, I mean, all of South America is such a strong Catholic based community mm-hmm. that they do and they allow this and they welcome us. Um, you know, the people in Mexico here, when we first came, we were nervous. You know, we had a president at the time who was in office who spoke very disparagingly about uh, the Mexican Mm-hmm. people. Right. Uh, so we were nervous coming here as to how we would be treated. And we have been treated with Open nothing arms. but kindness, welcoming. It's just been beautiful. And and then we are welcomed as a gay couple. Yeah. I think Damon in his article mentioned that he feels like he's not treated as a black American. He's treated as an American. Right. Yeah. And you know, I know that calls that some people might not understand that. But it's really, really true. I mean, I can only vouch for my experiences. And, you know, Todd and I have been together for 21 years. He has witnessed it as well. But, you know. But only we, in the U.S., oddly But, like, so for I, just a little small example is that um, I'm able to walk into the stores. And, you know, I was used to, like, we would have, I would have a bag or something in the States. And sometimes you'd have to put your bag there. But I have not been, I feel like I've not been profiled at any of the stores or anywhere. No one's following me. And I know people are like, does that really happen? Has that ever happened to you? But yes, it has totally happened to me. In the but, States. In the, in the States, States. But that has, that has not been my experience in any of the other countries as far as like following me in the stores and seeing what I'm up to. I don't, I don't have that feeling uh, here like that here in Mexico. Seeing the policemen would these guns and being able to walk right past them and just say hello when they speak. And <laughs> it's been, a, it's been a, a different change, but it's been a welcoming change for me. Mm-hmm. And I know some people might not want to hear that, but that has been my experience, you know? Yeah. I think um, for uh, a lot of white Americans, it'd be an interesting experience to travel overseas because you get a little taste of what it is like to be treated as a minority. Right. 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 Like a lot of people complain about being gringoed. You know, they're right. right. It's like, oh, yeah. Imagine that someone who would treat someone differently just because of the color of their skin. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and it's interesting to me, bring up a good point. It's those people who back in the States 
who would handle minorities in a certain way come to a place, say, like Mexico and get their nose all bent out of shape when they're treated like a minority. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> don't you see how ironic that all of is? <laughs> you mentioned uh, Onan and um, Dubai. Was there any place else where you felt that you were definitely not welcome, either as black or gay? Not at all. We have to. Uh, we're basing all of this on all of our experience. This is 28 not different one. countries. Right. Yes. That was, that, no, we have not felt that at all. Um, and, and I don't want to disparage Dubai or Muscat Oman either. I mean, they were both beautiful locations. We took the precautions because of the fact of they, the, they have such a hard stance on homosexuality that we did not want to put ourselves into a dangerous position. So we made those calls. Not We weren't forced to. When we were in Dubai and when we were in Muscat and Oman, excuse me, they're beautiful it just, I mean, we were treated nice. They were beautiful locations. It was great. I just didn't want to, draw, put our, attention. Yeah, to draw attention to us and get ourselves into a situation, but we never did. So it wasn't the way people treated you. It was more the way of the, the laws that were in place. Exactly. It's the way the laws were written, yes. And we were we were just trying to be um, cognizant of their, their way of life there. Is there anything that you would recommend anyone in a similar situation, a different race, different sex, you know, different orientation, when they're making travel plans or anything in particular you recommend that they do? I have one that I would recommend to anybody. And we tell this to everyone that we talk to about travel. When you're getting ready to go to a country for your first time, go on Facebook and look up expat community of wherever you're going. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, there will be an expat group that belongs to that community. When we are going to a country, we sign into those groups early. We say, hey, we're coming for this amount of time. Does anyone have any recommendations of where to get an Airbnb? Any questions that you have or concerns, you pitch that to that expat community and you will always, always get help. We asked about places where you did not feel welcome. Is there any, are there any places that stand out to you as places where you were definitely welcomed, where you felt most comfortable? Bali, Mexico, Costa Rica, Ecuador. Um, I would have thought Buenos Aires would have been on the list. Buenos, Buenos Aires, Aires yeah, yes, for sure. Oh, Japan. Japan, yeah, Japan really. Was very, interesting. Yeah, yeah Japan was Japan. very welcoming. We, Even in Tokyo, crazy old Tokyo. We had an experience. That it's a quick little story, but it's worth talking about. Todd and I were walking around in Japan, and we happened to be in this park, and it was a, ball, a, a, a dog park. And, well, there was a dog park within the park. Right, and so we were in there watching the dogs and all the different owners with the dogs, and we had a gentleman come up to us, and he asked if we were Americans. And we said, yes. He, he uh, started speaking to us. He wanted English. to practice his English with us, which you will find happens a lot in oh, countries. Yes. They want to practice their English with you. And so um, he said, wait just a minute. So he went to go get his mom and his wife. He brought them over to introduce us to, them, to us. And we had a nice little exchange of pleasantries. And then... He said, hey, you know what? We're going to a we're, festival. Yeah, we're on our way to a festival. He says, would you guys like to come with us? And now, we, we said, don't know these people from Adam. Yeah. <laughs> and we said, sure. And so when we get to the festival, his he said, my mom would like to buy you two a drink. To welcome to you. To welcome you to, to Japan. Japan. 
that was an experience that will always be memorable to us. We of, uh, total strangers, complete strangers on the street to these people, but they invited us into their group to go to this event. And then when we got there to buy us a drink, to welcome us to Japan, I was like, this is amazing. Cause that in the United States, it does not work like that. Oh, right. Well, and the other thing, what that did for us, it, it, it made Todd and I realize how different that we want to be and how we right. want to be ambassadors when we see people in the United States, in the United States or looking, when we see people looking in other lost, countries. you know, or, or looking for directions. I told the at that time, I said, this is who we're going to be when we see travelers who are lost or looking out of place. Let's be this guy. Mm-hmm. Because it made such an impression how he and his family just treated us so kindly. It just really was an eye opener. It was refreshing. Well, this is something you touched on before. The United States, you have this big stranger danger issue. Exactly. You you wouldn't think of going up to the stranger because the stranger and the other, they're always dangerous. Well, and, and as an interracial couple, we have to be mindful of the fact that Damone is black and that we're both big guys. We have to be careful of how we are perceived and approach, or that's that was how we felt in the beginning. Again, the very first country we went to was Costa Rica. And one day we were staying in Nuevo Arenal, which is up by Lake Arenal. And we went down to the lake. We were driving our car. We drove down to the lake. And as we got there, there was a, a woman who was getting out of the water and we chose to stay back. We didn't, she was all by herself. And we were like, well, we don't want to drive down to where she is. Because we don't want to be these two big guys, one being black, getting out. And just being aware, because we were just, we were fresh from the States. Yeah. So our mentality was, we were, we, we were thinking about that and being like, you know what, what we don't want to be alarming. So, But she, she took too long. She, she was putzing around and I was like, well, come on, I want to go to the lake. So we, we chose to just roll our car down to where she was. But we came like, hi, we're okay. We're nice. We struck up a conversation with her. It was very nice, lots of pleasantries. And then she's like, well, it was very nice meeting you. She hopped in her car, started and started to leave while her tire, her back tire was in some mud and she sunk into the mud as she tried to go forward. (laughs) So now she's stuck down here and, you know, there was nobody around. It was just the three of us. So we helped her get her car out. And she said, oh, my gosh, you know, this is something my husband is bird watching and he's going to be gone for six weeks. She goes, you guys are so nice. Why don't you plan on coming to my house tonight and and, and, yes, yeah. and hanging out with me? Yeah. And we were like, hey, what, your husband's gone and you want two strange men to come to your house and hang out with you. We were so, like, thanks for the invite. But yeah, we're OK. But you know what, Jim, what was funny about that was I have to say that was fresh off of coming from the United States. And the movie Get Out had just came out. And I don't know, I don't know if you're familiar with I am, with as a matter of fact. Movie. Yeah. But um, we, you know, she exchanged, she gave us her phone number and we told her we had already had plans. And so what ended up happening was she left and Todd and I went to go get something to eat. And, you know, we had that moment of going, what do you think about that interaction that just happened? What do, what, do you want to do that? What, do you, what did you get from her? And so we both came to the conclusion that we, her energy was innocent and she, her intentions were well. And, and, and we're doing what we're doing to experience new experiences. Right. So we literally had to tell ourselves, you know what, that was the whole reason for us to go travels. We wanted to have different experiences and be more open and, and allowing ourselves to be open to other people coming 
So we made a decision to say yes. So after lunch, we called her up and uh, it was one of the best decisions we ever made. We're yes. very good friends. Yes. This day with her and her husband. What's interesting is you kind of came full circle there. You went from worrying that you were going to scare her to wondering whether you should be scared of her. That is well, correct. Because we had that social conditioning. That conditioning, yeah. right. Now, in your travels, I assume you've run across other gays and blacks who are also traveling. Have you yes. talked with them, shared any stories, found out how what other people's experiences have been? Well, you know, um, as far as maybe not as much with gays, but, you know, what's kind of interesting, I will share this, Jim. There is here in Mexico, in San Miguel de Allende, there is a group of black expats that are living here in San Miguel. And in 2019, when I got, when we got here, there was this few in between. We would see each other and it wasn't that many, but there was a, a lunch function that took place last year. And there was probably about 20 uh, other Black expats that were here in Mexico. This year, they had one the same time this year, there was an increase of about 50. That's great. So there has definitely been an increase of more African-Americans traveling abroad, experiencing. And um, I think that there's that I think there's a mixture of things happening. I think people are starting to the word is getting out. I think people are starting to be a little bit more comfortable traveling. I think COVID had something to do with it as well. People who have been able to work from home could actually come and all you need is the Wi-Fi to be able to work. So I think people are searching and looking for different experiences. And so with that, there has been, a, we have seen an increase of people of color traveling and going to different countries. I would want to share with other people of color that are interested in maybe doing something different and traveling. Get out there and do it. It's it it is a don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because it's so easy to get caught up in being afraid and wondering, will I be accepted? Will I not? I think that you will have one of the best experiences if you allow yourself to just go out there and see the world. I mean, we're six years into this crazy journey that we started not knowing what we were going to do. And it has been an amazing journey. Right. So whether you're black, whether you're gay, whatever, get out there and experience it and see and see the world, because I guarantee that things will open up for you in a way that you would never have thought. And we have we have made more friends and more resources of meeting people all over the world. And it's something that we would not trade in for nothing. Uh, the six years that we've been doing it, that has been the highlight of that is the, the, the amount of people that we have met that have been so kind and welcoming to us. Well, I think that's a wonderful viewpoint and some wonderful points that you bring up there. So, Thanks. Uh, I'd like to thank our guests for speaking out on these important topics. Uh, Damon, Todd, always a pleasure talking with you. And I'm glad you could join us again on Bigger, Better World. Uh, it was our pleasure. Thank you, Jim. Have a good one. The Bigger, Better World podcast is a production of International Living. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. If you have an idea for an episode or a question you'd like us to answer, email us at mailbag at internationalliving.com. And don't forget to put podcast in the subject line of your email. That's mailbag at internationalliving.com. We created Bigger, Better World to help showcase the ideas we explore at International Living each month 
and grow our community of travel lovers, expats, and experts who believe, as we do, that the world is full of opportunity to create a more interesting, more international life. You don't have to be rich or famous to do that, you just need to know the secrets, and that's what we bring you at International Living. If you haven't become a member yet, you can do it today with a special discount offer for podcast listeners. You'll receive our monthly magazine plus a bundle of special extras. You'll find the link in our show notes, or you can go to intliving.com slash podcast. That's intliving.com slash podcast. Hey, do you have what it takes to be a travel writer? Does the idea of being paid to visit new and exotic locations sound like your dream job? Then you won't want to miss next week's episode with travel writer Noreen Kopanek when we talk about how you can get started in this exciting field. So until then, this is Jim Santos for International Living reminding you, there's a bigger, better world out there just waiting for you.